The views and opinions on this podcast regarding any people or businesses mentioned are based on interviews and articles available to the public. The views and opinions of any guests are not necessarily those of the host, the producer, or Pants Pending Studios. And welcome to the Dog Lady Rants Dogcast. This is episode two. Uh, our first episode was an introduction, so uh, that might be a good idea if you haven't heard that yet to go back and listen to that one because it gives a little bit of my background, a little bit about my views, and uh, might give you an idea of what the shows are going to be about moving forward. I talk about Good breeders, there's good breeders, there's bad breeders. I talk about rescues because there are good ones and there are bad ones. Um, so I do go into a lot of different stories regarding both of those. And and there's also just weird people out there. So I talk about that as well. So, you know, whatever comes up and is interesting may be uh, on one of the episodes. All right. So just jumping in on my first podcast, I did uh, talk about a... Uh, a lady who got her dogs seized in New York. And I wanted to make a correction on that. The Great Danes were actually in New Hampshire, not in New York. I went over the article again and and, uh, did want to correct that. Uh, I did get some emails, and I'll talk about those a little bit later. The structure of the podcast is the good, the bad, and the ugly. However, we start off with the bad, go straight into the ugly, and then finish on a good note. So a story came up recently that came to my attention. Um, this was actually something in Washington State, and uh, and this is this is a story that's going to be about one of those bad rescues or, or kind of a bad a bad seizure. There was a, a goat breeder um, in Washington State, and uh, they had the sheriff's department came in and uh, determined that the do- that the excuse me the goats had hoof rot and decided that they needed to be seized and that they were not being uh, properly cared for. They needed to be put in with a rescue. And uh, the veterinarian that looked at them um, after the seizure determined that uh, they were not being properly cared for while with the rescue. Uh, the rescue apparently is not well versed in what uh, it takes to take care of these goats. And so they had found that the young dolings were not being uh, properly cared for, that they, they were in with all of the adults, and so they were not getting the nutrition that they needed for, for a growing young goat. Um, they had some lameness issues with the goats that were not being taken care of. So, uh, you know, apparently there was some veterinary work that needed to be done that was not being done. Um, and, uh, and I'll try to put this delicately, they had all of the uh, young male goats and the older mature male goats together. And the mature goats were assaulting the young goats. <laughs> so there was some things going on there that, that anybody who raises goats would have prevented by separating um, out the younger ones from the older ones and, and uh, you know, not having so many males together. So here's another situation where a rescue goes in, they see one thing wrong, which I don't know if this was being treated, if they were in, um, you know, unsanitary conditions, what exactly the issue was with the hoof rot to start with. Uh, but here's where they, you know, took the goats for one issue and put it into a situation where it was even worse. So, and this, this happens all the time, unfortunately. There's too many cases like this. There was a situation... Um, 
I think it resolved about a year ago, but there was a situation where a gentleman had all of his dogs seized from his uh, training center, and uh, he bred them, he trained them, he had clients' dogs there, um, and animal control in, came in and said, oh, these, these dogs are in awful condition, they're in kennels uh, that are too small for the size of the dog, um, they seized all these dogs, uh, he ended up paying thousands every single month while they were basically fighting it out in court trying to get his dogs back and the dogs went from a facility that would take them out and they would work with them and train them and and these are working dogs and so they were getting work every day they were getting training they were getting exercise they were getting attention and uh, they were in larger kennels than the shelter had so the shelter seizes them says those kennels aren't big enough and they stick them in smaller pens so, you know, not sure how much sense that makes, but um, unfortunately, this is, this is some of the stuff that happens. Um, but then on the other end of the spectrum, you have places like near me, there's a county not that far from here, where the laws are way too lax. There is a breeder that was uh, actually served time for cruelty to animals. They had found dogs that were out in the snow, uh, no shelter. They, they were, you know, dogs that shouldn't be out in the snow. Now, but you know, a husky will lay on the only patch of snow it can find out there just to, to stay cool. So, you know, there, there are some dogs that like the snow. They like to be out in it. They'd rather be out in it than in the house, even when it's really cold. But these were dogs that shouldn't have been in the snow. They found carcasses on the property. They found dogs that were frozen. I mean, it was absolutely horrific. This person was, um, was jailed for cruelty, and got out of jail, immediately went back to raising dogs. Um, she's the type of breeder that would meet you in a parking lot, you know, want you to pay cash, I mean, that, that kind of a deal. Um, so, you know, there are a lot of places that don't have strong enough laws and this, you know, this other crap is going on and there needs to be some sort of middle ground. You've got counties where if your dog has long nails and tartar on its teeth, then that's considered cruelty and you can get your dog seized. So it, it just goes from one extreme to the next. Some, some places you can't do a darn thing when the animals are absolutely being abused. And in some places they, they see one little thing and, you know, your animals get grabbed up and you are stuck trying to pay attorney's fees to get your animals back trying to trying to keep your name from getting completely trashed <laughs> it's it's ridiculous it really is i did get some emails uh and i appreciate the emails i appreciate all the positive feedback and you know i appreciate the negative feedback too <laughs> didn't get a whole lot but uh i think there's some things that i do need to clarify Apparently, in my first prod podcast, I gave the impression that I was totally for anybody breeding anything, um, that I was a supporter of puppy mills, that I was a supporter of, you know, just mass breeding. I, I don't know what podcast you were listening to, honestly, but um, that's, a, that's pretty far from the truth. So apparently, I do need to clarify that. What I do support is that people have the right to breed dogs in this country and and i think that some of these ar nuts are pushing and pushing and pushing until those rights are going to be taken away so i do think it is important that we support those rights that we regardless of whether we so think someone is 
breeding pets or whether they're breeding something that helps the future of the breed, we still have to support the right for people to breed or it'll be taken away. So, you know, we got to we got to be careful to not shoot ourselves in the foot by by trying to cut out so many groups of breeders from those that have the rights to breed that pretty soon there's none of us left. Some things I don't support. <laughs> a lot of things I don't support. So let me go ahead and clarify that. Um, I don't support people cutting corners. I don't think it's okay that you neglect to health test your dogs. I don't think it's okay that you feed a cheaper brand of dog food because it increases your profit margin. Uh, I, I'm not okay with that. I had a breeder tell me one time, she kept calling herself a reputable breeder, a breeder of quality Bostons, and she would would go on and on about how she was such a good breeder. And I said, have you ever health tested any of your dogs? Nope, nope. I know my dogs. I know my lines. I've never had a problem. Well, that doesn't mean you're not going to have a problem. Just because your puppy owners haven't said anything to you, just because they haven't found a problem yet, does not mean that you don't have problems. In Boston Terriers, there is uh, there are juvenile hereditary cataracts. It's a $40 test. And if you really, really want to be a cheap butt, you can do it on one dog just to make sure you're not producing puppies that can go blind by the age of two. So, I mean, it's, it's a pretty big deal. $2,500 surgery per eye to fix this. And some cheap butt won't spend $40 on at least one of their dogs. At least do it on your male so you know he's not producing JHC on all of these, these females that you're breeding him to. And producing all these puppies with the problem. So, I don't support people who won't fork out $40 to health test their dog. They should be forking out a heck of a lot more in doing all of the required tests on their dogs for whatever breed they have. Because if you're not putting any of that puppy money back into health testing your dogs, what are you doing with it? Now, now I said on my last podcast, I'm okay if somebody, you know, makes some money above their vet costs, their show costs, whatever. If they happen to come out ahead, which is not very often, unless they're, you know, mass producing and cutting quarters, great. More power to them. But... That money should be going back into the dogs for what they need so you can be a responsible breeder first before you do anything else with it. So this this particular breeder did not health test, not a single health test, not even JHC. I mean, that's, that's absolutely ridiculous. And then they said they didn't want, they didn't do uh, AKC papers on their dogs because it was too expensive. And then proceeded to tell me that they charged $800 per puppy. And that was, they wanted to make puppies affordable for people. So they were just really reasonable because they weren't in it for the money. Well, if you're not going to spend 30 bucks on a set of papers and you're not going to spend $40 on one of your dogs and you're charging $800, you are in it for the money. Another thing that I do not support is leaving your dogs out in a kennel all of their lives not giving, I mean, dogs need playtime. And, and I, from what I understand, there are some working dogs that are a, a little bit more content in a kennel than Boston Terriers. So I don't have experience with those other breeds. So I, I can't speak to that and say that I think they're all miserable in a kennel. Don't take companion dogs, stick them in a kennel all of their lives. And when they roll around to eight years old, you suddenly decide you're going to find that dog a good family home. Well, 
you know, good for you. Eight years later, the dog hasn't been out of the kennel. It hasn't been played with. It doesn't know how to act in a house. It hasn't been around the family, hasn't been around kids, hasn't been enclosed inside a house. So now you're going to take this dog and say, no, I want to give it a good family home. And you're going to sell it to somebody who is then going to take it in and try to potty train it at eight years old. They're going to be frustrated. The dog's going to be a basket case because there's going to be so much stress in trying to figure out how to live in a house, how to not go to the bathroom inside after it's done it all its life. And you're going to pat yourself on the back for giving that dog a good home. Well, you know, it's too late. It's been eight years. Take care of that dog while you have it. Don't leave it in a kennel its whole life and then try to do the right thing by it. I think that's just, that's cruel. You're also putting the stress on the family. That's how dogs will end up in the shelters. You try to pawn them off when they don't know a thing. They're not socialized. They're not potty trained. You give them to a family. The family absolutely pulls their hair out because there's pee on the carpet. There's these marking everywhere. Bites the grandkids because he doesn't know how to act around little kids. Ends up in a shelter. Oh, well, he's not potty trained and he bites kids. So, you know, good luck getting another home for him. So just be responsible with your dogs. Now, I know that there are some people that have their dogs out in a kennel and they, they are with them full time. They, they, that's their, basically that's their full time job. They're out with them. They take them out, they play with them. They have, you know, socialization. They get a lot of one-on-one time with the owners. That's different. That's completely different. I'm not saying because dogs are in a kennel that they're not taken care of. You have to look at each individual situation. And and for me personally, I can't stand leaving a dog outside in a kennel all night, all the time. I, I, I just can't, I can't do that. My dogs have to be inside dogs. But that's not to say that dogs can't be well cared for outside in, in certain circumstances. Now, just because a dog is inside doesn't mean it's well cared for. You've got people putting other breeders down for having a kennel and their dogs might be in crates all day and they work, you know, they may be gone from the house for 10 hours a day and their dogs sit in their crates. That's not okay either. I would rather have a dog out in a kennel with someone who plays with it and who is out there taking care of them, working with them, socializing them full time than someone who's got their dogs in the house and they're gone all day. All right. Something else while I'm clarifying what I do not support, uh, Breeding for fads, breeding for designer breeds. Now, I know there are some working dogs that are bred for certain things. So I I don't have a problem with that. You can be combining some different traits of different working breeds in order to get a dog that is that is doing what you need, you know, around the farm. What I don't support is these little oh the 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 sheets of cheap pooweenies or whatever the heck they are when you take you try to get them as fluffy as possible as their eyes big as possible their nose as tiny as possible and the whole body as small as possible so you can fit it in a purse and then charge a ridiculous amount for it and you've got like eight breeds you know we used to call those mutts now they're designer breeds and we're asking two thousand dollars for them or they import them there was one place that was importing them from from some oh was i don't know China or Korea or I don't know where they were getting these dogs from but they were they were hydro puppies they they had a condition 
but they were tiny because the condition doesn't let them grow very well. They had these huge, had these huge buggy eyes, and you look at them and you're like, oh my gosh, that that pup, that's a hydro puppy. That is not a normal healthy puppy. And sure enough, they charge thousands of dollars for them. They send them home with people, and you know, a few months later, they die. Oh well, shocker! You know, they—that's what they were bred for. You bred them, you bred problems into them to make them small, and so you could charge a bunch of money for them. So, mm, not a big fan of that either. Other things I do not support is these ridiculous extreme bullies. These these breeds that people put together completely based on looks. They have no clue about health testing. They have no clue about confirmation. All they know is the dog looks cool. Oh, it's got big muscles. It looks, yeah, it's just huge. It's really beefy. Well, you know, the thing's going to be lame in a few years. Some of them live to be five years old. Ooh, there's there's a dog you want to raise and sell and, and pawn off to a family that's going to get attached to it five years later. And the thing can hardly move. It's got arthritis. Some of these are so horrendous. And I'm not saying all of them, but geez, it, just about every one I've seen have these, they're so wide in the front, their elbows stick out. And so they've got these big bowed legs. They've got these suede backs. Their butts are up in the air. They just look absolutely miserable. And they breed them because they look cool. It, it's because they're a big, muscly dog. And when you're putting these dogs together and you're making designer breeds or you're making these extreme breeds, you're taking multiple breeds. Now, first of all, I don't know any of them that do any health testing. Not a single stinking health test on these dogs. You see them advertised, oh yeah, we breed the best. And there's not a health test anywhere in that dog's pedigree and they're crossing different breeds. So not only do you have the problems inherent in the main breed, but whatever you're adding to it, you're pulling those problems in too. So let's just make a big nasty soup of health problems and keep adding to it. I, mean, I just, I, I don't know, well, I was going to say, I don't know what they're thinking, but they're just not thinking. All they know is they want a really cool dog. Well, you know what, go get a big truck or something if you have an issue, if you're trying to compensate for something go get a big truck or go get a muscle car or go work out for three hours a day, seven days a week, if that's what you need to compensate. But you don't need a big muscly dog. I mean, it's just absolutely ridiculous. So another thing I don't, <laughs> I don't support. I talked about this other group on my last podcast. Um, and I'm going to refer to them as freezer breeders. Here's, here's a group I don't, <laughs> I don't support. I think of these guys, if any of you are Walking Dead fans, and the group that came from the garbage dump, I know a lot of people call them the garbage pail kids. This is, this is who I picture when I picture these breeders. And I talked about them in the last podcast. I got into a conversation with some people in, on a forum and somebody mentioned that they have a freezer dedicated to the dogs that they lose over the winters. Um, just... <laughs> I won't even go to the, into the rest of that, but these people are absolutely nuts. And, and I'm sorry, but I, I don't support anyone who has that many dogs pass away that they need a dedicated freezer for them. There was one woman who spoke up and said, oh, yeah, come to think of it. I've got one from two years ago, two years ago, sitting in her freezer that she had forgotten to unthaw, take out to the backyard and bury. I mean, just take them to the vet and have them cremated. 
Unless you have a shelter for elderly dogs, you shouldn't have a ton of dogs dying over the winter that you need to freeze them all or bury them in the spring. You're just, I'm sorry, you people are sickos. And I'm just, and you have your own category. I don't even know what to call you. You know, we, we love to throw labels on each other as breeders, you know, call each other puppy mills or backyard breeders, whatever. I don't know what to call you. You're that freaking crazy. So, um, yeah, I, I may jump back to uh, talking about those guys on occasion because I just still can't fathom the mentality that makes that okay. All right. <laughs> on that note, we're going to go to break. I'm going to come back with something positive in, in just a minute and we'll get this wrapped up. I did have a interview that I do want to schedule. However, um, the gal that I was going to schedule it with, she was out of town for a little bit. I was sick for about a week. We're going to go ahead and schedule that for a future podcast, but um, uh, we will be back right after this. You're listening to the Dog Lady Rants. For questions, comments, or sponsorship information, you can send an email to dogladyrants at gmail.com. All right, welcome back. I wanted to end the podcast on a positive note. Of course, we all know about the devastating fires going on uh, now in California the last few days, or actually the last week or so. And Sonoma County Animal Shelter right now has been open 24-7. They've been accepting found animals. Of course, you know, when something like this comes up, uh, animals are scattering. There was a video of somebody going down the road, and there were deer running right next to them trying to run um, away from the fire. So, you know, animals are panicking. They're they're running out of their yards. They're getting lost. They're just, you know, it's it's a whole state of confusion. And, and they're taking in found animals. They're also people who've lost animals. They're doing, um, they're filing reports on those and putting them on Facebook. They also have no cost vet treatment right now for um, any animals that have been affected by the fire. So I mean that's that's absolutely huge. I mean there's there's uh, you know, a lot of wounded animals out there from this. They also have uh, their mobile unit is out at the evacuation center helping to um, provide support. They're providing food and water. Um, where animals were left behind. So, you know, they're they're going in and making sure if someone had to leave their animals behind, that those animals are ta- taken care of. Um, and, you know, sometimes when you hear stories like that and, you know, people hear, oh, my gosh, they left their dog in their house and there's a fire and how could people do that? And they, they you know, talk about how those dogs were abandoned. Um, I think a lot of times we don't understand the circumstances and the situation. When something like that happens, we all think that we've got time to go around and gather up our valuables and gather up our animals and our and uh, you know the rest of our family and get everything all tidy in the car and, and leave. And you have to think about the people that maybe they were at work and all of a sudden the fire hits, they're not allowed to go back home. And they've got dogs there, they've got, you know, their belongings, things like that. Uh, in some cases, they don't allow you to take your pets. Now, it, it seems like I've seen a lot of cases, like with the rescue in, in the rescues in Houston and, and in Florida, that they are letting people take their animals with them. But I know of, of one case where someone was trapped by a flood and, and they, were, they were trying to airlift them out, and they said, you can't take your dogs. And 
this person said, well, I'm not going if I can't. And they ended up taking all of her dogs with her. But sometimes they they don't allow you or they don't allow you to go back to your house to get your pets. So or or maybe they you're just not able to get there. Maybe, the, you know, there's so much traffic or there's roadblocks or whatever it is. Um, so you have to cut those people some slack. If they have dogs left in the house, it's not because they went, oh, you know what? Fido's going to be fine. And I'm going to take my stuff and I'm going to get my butt in my car and I'm going to leave and I'm not going to worry about my dog. I don't think any animal lover out there, anybody who has a pet that cares for it in the least would leave their pet behind. So, you know, cut them some slack and don't call those animals abandoned because sometimes people just, they're not allowed to go back and get them. They're not, they don't have a choice. So, you know, shout out to Sonoma County Animal Shelter for helping owners get their pets back when they're lost. They've become separated in these disasters. And, uh, you know, so that's, that's a, it's a good thing to hear that there's an organization out there doing the right thing. All right. Well, we're going to wrap it up for this episode of Dog Lady Rants. Uh, I welcome any suggestions, any feedback. Uh, my email address is dogladyrants at gmail.com. So I do appreciate any feedback, positive or negative. Thanks to the folks at Pants Pending Studios for hosting my podcast. Um, Also, thank you to my producer for (laughs) helping me out in putting this together. And we will see you next time.